Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World, and my guest today is Sarah Niles. I am really delighted to be bringing Sarah onto the show for this conversation. Sarah and I go back 26, 27 years. We met at drama school together in Manchester, and for me, witnessing Sarah go on to have this incredible career, both in theatre and in television, most recently playing the role of Sharon in season two of Ted Lasso. It has been lovely to witness her rise and to remember that very essence that I always felt in her when we were young, young kids together figuring it out. So this was a beautiful reunion conversation where we get to reflect a little bit on our time together back then. But I also ask Sarah really about what she is passionate about with this career that she has chosen. And it came down to storytelling, the ability to tell stories that help reflect us to ourselves, and also what she gets to learn about herself with each role she plays. She shares how a key ingredient for her with every role is bringing love forward. And in one of my favorite parts of the conversation, I ask her a little bit about parenting and what her journey of being a parent this last decade has been and is today. So please enjoy this conversation with Sarah Niles and you can find links to her Instagram and some of the shows that she's in in the show notes. And if you do enjoy Impact the World, it helps us out a lot with our reach. If you can subscribe on YouTube or if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you're using, and you can leave us a rating or review if you feel called. And thank you so much. But for today, enjoy this conversation with Sarah Niles. Sarah, thank you so much for saying yes to doing this. It's uh, it's kind of hilarious doing this with you, actually, given how long how long we've known each other. And um, yeah, firstly, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure to see you, Lee, and to have a conversation with you. It's very exciting. We met 27 years ago, which oh. is horrifying in some ways, isn't it? I was, wow, is it that yeah, long? Yeah, I was thinking about it uh, coming here to do this today. I was driving along and I was like, wow, because I was, I was 19 when I may have even been 18 when I auditioned for Manchester. And you and I met um, at Manchester Met University where we were auditioning for the BA Honours Acting course. So it was basically like drama school, but with a university accreditation. It was a fairly new thing. And yeah. we met on the audition day because they kept me, you and a guy called Tobias back. Um, and I remember when we'd watched everyone's auditions, both of you, but I'll focus on you for a second, just blew me away. You were hilarious. You were bawdy. You were this big kind of character doing this monologue because we all had to do these monologues. And then I remember Tobias was very Shakespearean and incredibly impressive. And um, 
the three of us were just sat waiting to be called back uh, for another audition that afternoon. And it's funny now to me that Tobias, who was Tobias Menzies, who then ended up going to RADA instead, he's, I'm, you know, I'm watching him on The Crown. I'm seeing you on Ted Lasso and various things I've seen you on, like I May Destroy You lately. And it, it always kind of brings that me back to that moment of sitting with the two of you as as three fairly nervous people waiting at an audition to kind of get into this uni and then the three years that we spent together on that course so it's hilarious to me that we're doing this now 27 years later because I I didn't see this coming yeah not at all it's funny when you talk about that I, I remember specifically your audition piece and I remember going how how powerful you were there was something really powerful and I, I have like, I don't get them as much now, but I remember having this really strong image, like when I like kind of like a kind of like a kind of vision sort of thing where everything seems to disappear and you just get that image of that one person. You're, there was something about your connection with the words. I don't know, I can't quite explain it, but I always remember that, how powerful you just, you seem to almost kind of come out of yourself. I can't explain it, but I just remember he's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, yeah. the, thing, the thing with you that really hit me, though, it was funny. It's, it was meeting you afterwards because it was the power of that bold performance you did. And then meeting you and meeting your shyer, more vulnerable side, like we all have, that to me is always the testament of a really great shamanic performer, someone who can transform. And and you you always had that. Um, so I I've never, maybe I did ask you this back then, but how how did you find acting and and how did performing come into your life when you were younger um i thought you know what especially in manchester i found it quite tricky because then you started to have i didn't realize until once you start working one of the things is like it's interesting you say like there was that shy and vulnerable side and then there was a performance. I just kept thinking, if I just pretend to be someone else, I'll get through. And then the more and more, when you do a course like that, you more the more and more you have to connect with yourself and you're, you know, you have to present yourself there. You have to be vulnerable. And that's part of it. And I think I really, I struggled with that quite a bit um, in Manchester. And I struggled with a bit of that and acting. I was like, I just want to be someone else. Don't want to be myself. And then can I just be someone else? Can we just do that and put on costumes? And But it was never like that. You, you know, you're just working on yourself. You're bringing yourself out, what you bring to it. So as I've got older, um, I kind of celebrate that vulnerability. I kind of celebrate that while I'm acting. I enjoy it. You know, it's kind of like you stepping into that fear and slightly enjoying it because you have some control of it, but also you can surrender to it and you can just see where it will take you. Um, yeah. That, that, that's a really interesting way of framing it because it makes me think of your character in Ted Lasso, uh, Sharon, in, this, in the second season, because you did have this interesting mix of vulnerability in your scenes and you could feel her softness, but how she presents at first and how she is presented through the writing as well as your performances. She's this kind of tougher or harder edged outsider, certainly in relationship to in relationship to Ted, who we later learn you're going to be the undoing of Ted in a really positive way. Like, you know, he's this character that we've watched for season one. 
who's always uplifting and always happy, but you're the character that really opens him up in in a really powerful scene. So I love that that description you just gave to me was a bit like watching you in that role. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was such an interesting role to play. Like she seems so um, in her power. She appears that way. She's quite confident and. I've never ever felt like I could possibly say I'm really I'm a really good actress. I'm really good at my job, and she unequivocally and believed that, and that's how she presented herself. And I thought, what a wonderful place to be! And through that, obviously, you see her her humanity more. You see more of her vulnerability, more of the softer side, as you say, um, as the journey goes on. Because it's two. It's really interesting how it's just two people and those conversations and how they begin to change each other in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of transformation by the end of the season is really lovely because also her humanity is far more present. She's she's allowed to be less caricatured in a way, whereas at yeah. the beginning that was the device they used to kind of put her in this position. What was it like going into a show like that that was so established? And the reason I ask you is we found it, you know, like many people during all of the lockdowns, loved it because of the level of heart, humor, and transformation in the show. And it's so brilliantly performed by everybody. But is it odd to go into an, an established show like that and, and be a brand new character who also is potentially somewhat antagonistic to some of the characters who are already there, certainly at the beginning? Um, or were you completely oblivious about the show? And so it didn't, it didn't really affect you going into it? I was slightly oblivious, not going to lie. Um, I had watched it. I thought, I absolutely love it because I feel like I can always read the heart in any in any kind of story, and I and I know I love that, and um, that's what appealed to me. And I was like, I have to get this job. Got the job, and I was in it. And then I was like, well, this is they're all kind of like a family. <laughs> and I'm just coming in, and I'm I am kind of a bit of a loner anyway, so that wasn't too difficult for me to just entering on, on your own because I had no one to, just all my scenes were with um, Ted, you know, and I didn't have anyone to rub off or, you know, I didn't have a family or I didn't have friends, you know, so you can establish your character more. You're just there sitting in front of this person. And it's, it was actually quite a wonderful experience. It's about two actors being generous and offering, offering up <laughs> something. Um, so yeah, I think I was totally oblivious. And as as it went on and they were getting awards, I was a bit like, all right, okay. <laughs> That's just doing really well, this show. It's really good. <laughs> but um, and also I kind of felt part of me, I was wrestling with is like I wanted people to like her. And I was like, that is that is out of my hands, actually. That is totally out of my hands. And I think um the character resonated a lot more for me than I realized, um, like trying to understand the strength of this woman and her being, and also when you talk about, when you, you bring in this female and she's black and she's British, and there's so much things that are slightly, uh, they're not in sync. He's American, she's British, she's this strong black woman. What, what does that resonate? Um, how are people gonna read her? I just didn't want people to read her wrong. Whatever they thought, I just wanted not to read her wrong. And I wanted, to everyone to see the heart of her you know which I think the short this this kind of show always does it always brings the heart of every character 
And definitely your character through the arc of season two, like by the end, it, the, the, there was a much more multidimensional picture of her because of where they took it in the story, the way you took it yeah. in your performance. So no, the, the vulnerability was really there and was really yeah. powerful. So I'm I'm hoping uh, you're coming back for season three. I know all those things are, are still like in the air and, and decided. Yeah, but... yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I hope so. I think she's yeah. brilliant. I love the character and I really hope she gets a chance, you know, there's exploration for her. Yeah, definitely. I think they could really, uh, yeah, I think where, where it could go next would be great. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I also got to see a show, um, I May Destroy You, which is an incredible, incredible show. And it was lovely to see you in that story too. And it's funny. So Stephen, my husband, hasn't met you, but he was asking you know, oh, what's Sarah like, especially in relationship to Ted Lasso? And I said, well, this is very different. I said, this to me has some of Sarah's wisdom and sensitivity that I always knew was there and that, that you know, I experienced. But I said, no, Sarah isn't like that. I said, that, that that's so interesting. And it got me reflecting on your career, much of which has been in theatre, which I haven't seen. But I was thinking, you've been in, in acting terms, very successful, which isn't easy to do. Because I remember when we were at drama school, they basically said, well, 80% of you won't still be doing this in <laughs> yeah. 10 years, which yeah. of course was very deflating on, on the first week we were there. But they were right, you know, it's actually an incredibly um, overstaffed profession um, with yeah. very few jobs. And so I was wondering how you have managed to navigate the, the kind of ups and downs of it. Now you've been doing this for twenty, almost twenty-four years now. How have you, how have you navigated that? And do you feel it's easier to navigate it now you've done it for so long, or is it still a strange phenomenon about your profession? A strange phenomenon, and I think it's like, um, I think what's attracted to me to this career for so long is storytelling. I've always loved it, and that's what's kept me in it. And there's always a promise of some more stories um, and I think that's how I've managed to I mean some jobs I took for hardly any hardly any money um, but the stories are good yeah um, so I think yeah it's just and the closer you get to something really beautiful like I did this you know I did um, I May Destroy You I did a film called Rocks I worked with Mike Lee and once the moment you get closer to these kind of that kind of way of storytelling and beautiful stories, the more you want to tell stories. I've never really been interested in the fame of it all. I mean, you know, part of that brings about more opportunities for better stories. And I'm not going to lie, we have to eat. Yeah. But um, there's, a, there's a, oh, there's just, I love storytelling. I really love telling stories. I love transforming. It brings, it makes me think back to the old times of, relaying stories around a fire mm -hmm. or whatever I know um whatever your thoughts about that are but that's what it appeals to me it appeals to my heart and um I think that's why I've stayed so long and then you get to a point where you go I don't think I can do anything else what else could I do <laughs> so yeah I guess and with each role that you take on, do you notice, especially a role that affects you or a story that affects you, do you notice it changes you? You know, do you feel like with each character or with each scenario you you get to put yourself in and immerse yourself into afterwards, yeah. has, has, a, has a change happened for you? Definitely, definitely. I think um, 
with the best kind of stories and the more um, attention I put to it and um, the more I feel like I honour the story. It sounds strange, but the closer I get to who I am, I feel like it's like little clues into who I am, like little bits of a puzzle putting together. Um, Yeah. And then you get to reveal those. Yeah, I feel, but I feel like um, I I did this play um, called Leave Taking by this wonderful writer, Winston Pinnock. And um, it was about this woman who'd come over from the Caribbean um, and it was about her life. And she had these two daughters that she, that were British. And it was about her kind of this this new world kind of as they were growing up and her mum was dying in in Jamaica and it was like these little clues and as I was doing this show I felt like it gave me clues to my parents mm. and then there was this situation that was going on with the controversy with the wind rush uh, you know and this government and um, people being sent you know sent back and it just it just made me think more everything seemed to art and life seemed to be so connected and it made me really think um made me really find out more about journeys I don't know can't explain it no that that makes sense to me and I'm guessing depending on the job that experience is is bigger or or lesser depending on the job and how involved you are or how connected to it you feel yeah and like I feel like with even with um with Sharon Fieldstone I feel like uh that's allowed I've become a better person having played that character there's a real um surety about her which I absolutely love and uh, confidence and um love of people the ability so, to say what you want to get what you what you need and still you know be open and warm uh, yeah are people confiding things to you now revealing yes. their <laughs> yes yes I read an interesting thing which made, is I've been thinking about it for quite some time somebody posted it up I think it was on Twitter uh somebody said I think that Sarah is really um, a psychologist pretending uh to be an actress pretending to be a psychologist that's hilarious and I really thought about that I was really kind of like yeah there's something I'm interested in about it I clearly I don't have the qualifications I haven't studied or anything like that, but there's something about it, and I think it's about the um, the care and the interest in people, humanity, community. I think there's something in that that I'm interested in. Well, don't you think that that's one of the cornerstones? I think for anyone who's interested in in this work, you know, I, I, I've I've looked back now at my connection to acting in my younger years which perhaps I was taken into it for different reasons, but what it actually became to me was not only a healing journey, but a, but a spiritual experience. Yeah. It was like, wow, this is shamanism. This is yeah. embodying something else that we're all connected to. And you, through the permission of that story, get to pour yourself into it in a way that you don't when you're yeah. in a restaurant with a friend and unless yeah. you're role-playing something, I guess. But it's I, happy, I, truly, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I saw about you when I first saw you in that, um, when I saw your bit, your um, monologue, 
is that spiritual and I think there's something in that that I'm interested in and I remember seeing that in you you really had that ability that power to really transform there was just really something really powerful it's interesting yeah, but, the journey you're on now like you know yeah. it's like wow yeah, yeah but it, you know what's funny that that period was where I really got into spirituality and music like I remember, you know, knowing I had to go to drama school, but also some part of me knew that I wouldn't just be an actor, that that wouldn't, but I knew I had to go. And mm -hmm. I think credit to our our school and Neve Dowling, who was the head at the time, she really, she really made sure that we, we got a very rounded approach to life. But like you, Sarah, I struggled with vulnerability because I, I think I was having an identity crisis at the time. I didn't know who I was, but like <laughs> you, I could like shapeshift into someone else easily that that was far easier for me than trying to play a 20 year old or at least a 20 year old that looked like most of the other 20 year olds that was challenging yeah. for me yeah so sarah you've done a lot of tv and film um and i always remember you know my background was far more theater than anything and yeah. that to me was always that was really magic shamanic space because it's live everyone's in it together how yeah. Do you find keeping that alive on a TV or film set where you're waiting around for them to set everything up? It's just, they're two very different animals. I wondered, I'm yeah. guessing theater is preferable to you, but I was wondering how you managed to keep keep that, that, that presence alive for TV and film. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because I've always loved theater and the more you do, the more you get used to it. And then sometimes I would like, oh, TV, film. Yeah, I'll dabble in it, but theatre, but, you know, um, you have so much more choice. I think when you do screen work, it's, it was something I was a little bit frightened of, a little bit apprehensive about. Uh, I wasn't sure I was good at it. So um, actually being in it and the more you're in it and the more you learn, I think it's kind of like it's just it is about that story. It's about holding. There's a there's a force. There's a it's like an energy force. You just got to hold it. You just got to hold it. I don't know if that makes sense, but you just got to hold it until you know turning and action and, yeah. and thinking about the story. And you've got to be alive and responsive as you would on stage. It's just the kind of viewpoint is concentrated, but it's like you keep that. I'm always interested in the action between two people or three people. It's the activeness of it all that I think. Sometimes people, and I've done that before, when actors kind of think in their head about what's the story, what's the journey, and what am I trying, rather than it's about the two of you relating, really. That's the most important thing. And that's when I think that electric chemistry happens. But you can see it on the screen and you can also see it on the screen when someone else has rehearsed what they're going to do. Yeah, and, yeah. And some people are very good at it. I just, I've yeah. seen some actors, I'm like, wow, you did that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, not for me. <laughs> and I know you became a parent and I wondered um, how, how has that impacted this job for you? Because I know obviously parenting, that's a full-time job. Yeah. all the time yeah and this job is a seasonal job that can come in and take huge chunks of your life like how have you navigated that yeah it's been okay it's kind of mad because um yeah I was doing theater for a while and I thought oh gosh that's it I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna work <laughs> anymore and then I mean she's she's nine she's gonna be 10 this year oh, so um 
it seems to it seems to flow somehow it seems to um yeah it seems to work it's kind of crazy but I also kind of try and keep my feet on the ground I always say you know it's wonderful for her to see her mother working in in this career like I don't come from a family of actors none of my family you know kind of kind of working class background from, from the Caribbean there's just just something you didn't really do and so I think I feel like a kind of in a way a pioneer like I'm kind of pushing the boundaries of what how I was brought up and I think it's great for her to see that you know that anything's possible what what does she think about you and acting you specifically and, and your acting work oh she <laughs> she thinks I'm famous it's hilarious um she's yeah she's I've been lucky she's been able to see some plays that I've done maybe one or two which aren't really for kids but um I did a play at the National with Three Sisters and she came to see that mm. and um, she loved it and she came to see Richard II that I did at the Globe yeah she was blown away so I think it's all she knows really I mean yeah she says oh some of my friends have been looking you up on Google or whatever you know it's just like I'm pretty down to earth about it so so she really yeah. But it's funny because I'm just thinking, you know, your husband's an artist and so she's growing up in this super creative house. Like, this would have been my dream house to grow up in. Like, wow. You know, and, and I had a couple of friends whose parents were like super creative with things and I was always like, wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, is it having, I'm sure it has a a real permission for her creativity wherever that goes and yeah, whatever she absolutely. does with it. But she must absolutely. just see it as normal. I think she would like a bit more stability, probably, yeah. and some kind of order. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe. But that's a, yeah. But another part of it, she just loves the you know creative side of it. We're very good at being creative. Yeah, I mean, she's oh, wow. you know, she's seen us when we haven't had that much money, and when we're you know in better times now. So um, yeah, but there's all love, love. There's always love around for her. So that's yeah. fantastic. I was thinking that one of the things I enjoyed most about our time at Manchester, spending time with you, was hearing you sing. And you used to do jazz um, afternoons and sometimes evenings. And you were always so, so great at it. And you have such a beautiful voice. Is there room for music in your life still? Uh, Certainly, at least as a performer, I guess. Or is that something that is just on the back burner for now? It's on the back. I haven't done it for a while. I I think I want, yeah, I'm kind of keen to get back into it and I actually think I did I was with a couple of bands before um kind of mostly before when Nyla was up up to she was a baby so um yeah as I've gone on to do more more film tv I haven't really been doing it but I actually think I'm a better singer now probably because I'm a lot more confident and probably um a bit um less fearful and um and also with experience and growth, it's just, so I sing a lot around the, around the house. That's great. But I'm keen to get, yeah, back into it, yeah. Well, my, my wish for you is a role that comes along where it can all kind of coalesce all at once. Yes. That will be yes. great. That yeah, will be great. Definitely, definitely. I think I, I've, I feel this quite intuitively for you. I think this is going to be a great decade for you, your career. Like this next decade, I just, yeah, I'm like, yeah. When I was watching you in Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, this is good. She's, yeah. she's, this, is, this is going somewhere. I just felt that quite strongly. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing and what this was going, but I just said to myself, you just got to trust in it. You just got to trust in yourself and trust in it. And, um, and Jason was very generous as an actor in terms of those times when you, I mean, cause he's so, I mean, he's famous and, you know, he's got this show under the, under the belt, you know, season two. And um, he took a kind of, risk with me he didn't know who I was just you just send through a self-tape and that's how you you know and um yeah just trust in the work that I put in I was always trying to offer up love and I think that's to me that's one of the most important things um playing any role is Mm. the love however that translates I think it's so important yeah who have your role models been around that? So who were the people in your life that instilled that in you or, or modeled that to you or taught that to you, love and that kind of connection? Um, I'd say my, my grandmother that um, I didn't see, she lived in Barbados, I didn't see her all the time, but I saw her quite often and I feel like she was part, really strongly a part of my life and um, which is my mother's mum really. She came from, a fairly humble background used to but um I just remember we'd have this big kind of event where we'd go to M&S and we'd buy all these clothes like nightwear and church clothes for her and shoes and all these things for hats and we'd go uh like every so often like every couple of years or so often and my parents I don't know how they managed to afford to do it but they did it we went over there we'd see her we'd give her all these clothes she was really appreciative of it the next year we'd go and see her she'd given half those clothes away to other people who didn't need it and it was that kind of and I remember my mom getting so upset because obviously that's money she's earned and worked for and she wants to offer that because she's not with her that's you know giving the gifts is the love yeah but as like you know as you get older it's like you don't She's like, I don't want for anything. I don't need all these things. And it's that kind of always that having that openness. I just, yeah, I think. And um, and also to see growing up and my parents and their friends and, you know, they used to have parties and there was so much love and there's so much love of like, um, especially love of a black woman. There was always this love of the women when they danced, the way they would prepare the food, the way they looked, you know, the tension. I just... I always remember that and um yeah <laughs> and it's funny because I I think that was what I remember you doing at your audition you embodied this powerful matriarchal energy that was really yeah. probably about 20 20 years older than you at the time but you yeah. embodied it so fully I I was I was there in the room with this woman oh yeah I really connect with that I really connect with it yeah definitely what role did spirituality or intuition ever play in your life? Because I don't know if, I mean, maybe we spoke about it at uni and I know I was definitely very into metaphysics then and just exploring it, but like what, what role has, has that played in your life, if any? All the time, all yeah, the time, I... all day, every day. But you know what? I was, and still I haven't quite got anywhere close to the to the beginnings of it and I remember that very clearly for you and specifically why when I said um you when you did the audition and the the image I had of you was as if it was there was just you and everything went black but just you were there and it was just like this beacon of light and it was and I've had those kind of um kind of visions uh 
a few times. They've got less as I've as I've had Nyla and my focus has been elsewhere. But um, yeah, that's that's I think that's my guiding thing with acting and um, decision making. It's always been the spirit. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I do remember having conversations with you. And I remember, I always remember you were always exploring it. You were always finding ways to explore it. And I was always going, I'll touch a little bit and I'll back yeah. away. And I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. dabble a little bit. And yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, but, it, but the intuitive force, you know, I always felt that energy in you. Like that, that, that yeah, that spiritual force was always present with, with you and around you. And, and you would channel it like when you were, when you were yeah. performing. And singing too. So I was, yeah. I was just curious what your relationship to it was. Now, yeah. I continue to, yeah, I continue to pull on it. I definitely do. I definitely, um, um, and I, I do think it's, it, it's all bigger than me, you know. And the roles that I play and the chance to do that is, you know, the, the fact that I'm existing and playing these parts is, yeah, it's bigger than me. It's just such mm. a bigger force than me, and it's. It's important. It's an important road to be on. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes, I, for me, it always makes me feel connected. Like when I connect beyond, you know, the small yeah. self, it's like, oh, you know, I, I feel alive again. And when I, when I get to like this, I can lose it, you know, or feel yeah. like I've lost connection to something that's, that's there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's so, yeah. It's, it's so interesting because it manifests itself in, so many different ways for different people and um, yeah do you create intentions you know have you got visions or intentions for example we're we're recording this earlier in the month that it's going to be broadcast it's january the third so of course we've just come through new year's resolutions or new year's intentions do you work in that way to consciously call things in or do you just let it be open and see what comes i'm a bit of both because um I do still feel like deep down I have a slight fear of how amazing I could be, if that makes sense, like yeah. the power of it all, the actual full force. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed by that. So sometimes I go like, um, yeah, I'll just go with the flow, see how it goes. And, but I secretly make little intentions as well I don't know if that's and this is something I'm gonna I have to face this is the year I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to face it and really uh put attention to detail you know in these intentions I really need to focus in on them well yeah I I just intuitively know that you you already are but will be yeah. a powerful manifester if you if you want to focus there but I love what you said Sarah because I think we've all been trained to be culturally scared of how amazing life could be, we could be, we could be yeah. as a world. I think culturally we've all just been trained that way. And it's funny, whenever I channel my guides, they always say that. They say, well, you've all been uh, sold a bill of goods about what's possible and yeah. your opportunity is to go beyond that. So it, I think yeah. it's always a dance between where we are now and who we've become programmed to be and yeah. how much we can stabilize opening or becoming something bigger yeah definitely and it's also you know I guess now in my 40s and you start to go through different phases of life and you know as my parents will eventually at some point be leaving 
me I'll be entering to another you know it's just all that kind of the world and shaking off that kind of upbringing because there's something very much just in the culture like it's a sweeping statement but I'm going to say it anyway but my Caribbean up, British upbringing particularly British as well is like kind of um this this luxury that was not afforded mm. to to my parents or to me you know like this idea of taking breaks and having hot you know having mm. time to contemplate and meditate yeah. and think about you know if you didn't work you were considered idle you know and it's that sort of thing that it's always about doing something else other than reflecting within or looking at yourself um I don't remember my parents ever really looking in and having time for that and um yeah that's another thing that is like trying to shake off that kind of idea and I I do think it's it's culturally British as well because my yeah. parents have that too or you know my my late father and, and my mom definitely had that and 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 it's just I think it's a generational wiring mm. um but you're right it is privilege too like I think if you're struggling to survive you aren't necessarily going to have the room or the opportunity to 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 look at those kinds of things so there is a privilege to it as well but I definitely agree it's ingrained in the history yeah it's a mental thing as well because there's privilege um there's one way of privilege in terms of what you have but um I never really you know as far as I know I know my parents worked hard and struggled but um I never wanted for a lot of things Mm. you know I was safe I was you know I had shelter you know I had food you know so in that sense but it's also about it's the mentality of affording that space and time you know, and knowing that you deserve that and you're yeah. worthy of that. That's another thing. Um, part of that is capitalism. Part of that is colonialism, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of that in there. Well, how, how has the last two years been for you? Because this last two years, I think everybody has had to find their way of coping, yeah. dealing with it, uh, the overwhelm, the shock, the fear that, you know, it's it's been a very intense couple of years on the planet. And how have you managed to, or how do you manage to restore or reset yourself? Like when you feel you're at the end of your tether or you're burning out or you're overwhelmed, are there, are there things that you do or, or whatever that work in progress is? I'm curious what you use or, or what you go to. Wow. Um, I sometimes, uh, I do sometimes meditate, but I also like to dance. I sometimes have to dance it out. I don't know what it is. I just have to release it out. Um, Yeah, the last two years were kind of felt like quite a powerful awakening as well as um, very painful. But everything felt very present and um, very real and, you know, when you've got a child as well, it's like there's for me there was nowhere to um, hide really because when they ask you questions that you don't have the answers for, that was like that was breaking down a wall in a way. Like there's a part of parenthood as much as you um, are loving and caring and open and try to be. There's also a part that you protect and you cover up and you hide. You know, yeah. so I didn't have the answers to when 
lockdown was going to stop. I didn't have the answers to what was happening uh, to George Floyd or, or what was going on with Trump. I didn't have these answers, you know, and, you know, marches. And, um, yeah, it was just a really powerful time, really painful and powerful and vulnerable time. But there were some amazing moments that we spent together as a family and with friends, reaching out to friends and journeys we took to see family. And, you know, everything felt very precious and very present. Mm. Yeah. With your daughter, do you see elements of you and your husband in her as well as, of course, her being her own person? Like, is it is it an interesting dance or is she very much her own person and you don't recognise you or your husband in her yet? <laughs> there are elements, but it's, it's, it's mad because... Um, she was from the from the time she was a baby, very present, very short. She was very her own, very much her own person, and that has just continued. Like even tonight, I was talking to her, and she's like, "I'm going to be double figures." I said, "I know," and she goes, "This is that's it for the rest of my life, unless I reach a hundred, and I won't be." You know, she was talking. I was like, "I remember you kind of talking like this when you were younger, and still, you know, like three or four, and now you're." it's like it hasn't you've always been yourself throughout there, there are flickers of both of us but um yeah and the last two years was really powerful time like hearing her hearing how she saw it her viewpoint of everything and yeah it was just yeah I'm pretty <laughs> amazed by her by all young people really all the young ones and how resilient they are and how yeah. you know yeah what has surprised you about being a mum? I thought I'd be really good at it. <laughs> I thought I'd be excellent. I thought, I like playing with kids. I'm really fun. <laughs> and part of us were like, what is this? I really don't have a clue. No, um, well, that, yeah. that, but that, that tells me how good you are at it, you know, because I think every parent... Said, would, would yeah every parent talks about a how difficult it is and yeah. uh yeah so no that's hilarious <laughs> yeah I feel very lucky I feel very yeah very lucky to be a parent especially, especially in the world you know th this kind of acting world that I'm in something about it you know it's just like that is really real you know yeah yeah that's, yeah having her is real is real that's fantastic yeah. And it teaches me. You just keep learning all the time. I learn stuff about myself. Some things I don't really want to know. Some, <laughs> some things that, wow, you know, she's got me on a journey. It's really interesting. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> One thing you mentioned earlier at the beginning that I wanted to circle back to, you were talking about storytelling and how important that is to you. Have you yet written your own material or co-written your own material is that something you've played with or thought about yeah for <laughs> I've been told to do it many times and I've thought about it for a very long time I just haven't done it yet I get these um like kind of visions like little scenes ideas of scenes or I see something and I can it plays out in my mind and I can see it um but it's like putting it all together yeah I guess I haven't really felt um, the necessity yet to do it. I think I will at some point. Um, yeah. I, I think you will. 
I feel it in and around you. And I remember you were one of my favorite people to improvise with. And I think anyone who has a, a talent for improvisation or just an ability to improvise, it's all there. It's just yeah. about capturing it, structuring it. and Yeah. Yeah. And I have such an interest in people. I, lo I, I love actors. I love watching, you know, actors as well, you know. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll do it at some point. Yeah. And are there any other dreams that you have, whether it's to do with the work you're doing in the world or just life? Like, are there any things that are still kind of in the back of your mind? Of, oh, I'm, I definitely want to do that at some point. Uh, all I think about is having a couple of dogs and going for very long walks and having my own kiln and making my own <laughs> pottery. That's what I think about. Oh, lots of cool. walks. Yeah, lots of long walks. <laughs> Well, then this is the manifestation part of the combat. This is you just write all this down, stick it on the wall. But, you know, it, yeah. see, it, but see it and it will happen, whether it's yeah. in three years or five years or. And the pottery, is that something you already have a connection to? Or is that something you you, you just have as a dream? <laughs> I just I just have this idea that I'm going to be making them with my hands and, and burning them in the fire, you know, in the kiln. I just would love to do that. And it's very basic and simple. <laughs> no, I love thing, it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for doing this today. And it has just been like a big treat for my heart just to kind of sit with you. And I, 27 years, how does it go so I quickly? It. I can't believe it. How does it go so quickly? So I'm yeah. 45 now, you 44. I'm 45. You're 45. Okay. Yeah. So how I was about, about that as well. <laughs> how about when we're 72 and you have a show, I'll come on your show. Come on. Come on. <laughs> but but shows will be holograms by then. It won't be like watching a screen. It'll be a hologram yeah. that comes into your room. Exactly. <laughs> I'll still look the same. <laughs> yeah, we'll, let's hope. We'll, I'm sure there'll be filters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to kind of exactly. turn the clock. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, I'm always so happy for you and proud of you and selfishly grateful when I see you on the screen. So um, as I'm much as I, I want to see you doing doing theatre, um, and I would love to see you doing some theatre, actually, I, I'm just I'm grateful you're doing TV and film because it means we get to see you move across our screens and the impact you have through the reach is 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 yeah. huge as well. So I love that you do both. And yeah, I'm just really, really, uh, really, really happy for you and love seeing you out there. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Likewise, really proud of you, Lee. Thank you, my friend. Well, thank you for doing this. And um, you're on Instagram and uh, anywhere else that anyone can follow you and see what you're up to. I'm on Twitter. I I've kind of been on and off them for a bit, but I am on Twitter and Instagram. I think that's what I, that's all I do. Yeah. We'll put some links um, in the in the show notes for anyone who wants to keep up with what you're doing. But I love you, my friend. Thank you for Thank doing you. this, and see you see you on either in person or on the screen next. In person, I hope. Right? Yeah, I hope so too. I hope yeah, so too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Hello, I'm Lee Harris. I'm an intuitive and a channeler, and every year in January. I hold a rebirth course, a way for us to look at the year that has gone and let go of what we no longer need and look ahead at the year to come and see what we might want to create in our life. 
This year, I'm going to be bringing a lot of channeling to my rebirth program. So I will be channeling my guides several times throughout the course of the two-week program, and they will be bringing transmissions through all based on empowerment. When I was tuning in this year as to what the overarching theme for Rebirth 2022 would be, I heard very clearly from them the empowerment sessions. So that is what they will be bringing in the channeled messages, and I and my team will be supporting those messages with a series of video and audio presentations, all designed to help you reconfigure who you want to be for the year ahead. Stephen Washington will be teaching Qigong and wellness practices. I will also be doing a whole session on manifestation and creation and our habits and our patterns and how we can elevate and change those in order to bring in the new. And my team members, Marty and Wendy, will be adding some support videos, as well as an MP3 recording that you get as soon as you sign up called Your Garden of Higher Consciousness. Rebirth is always our biggest course of the year, and so we have a very large community from all over the world who tune in and, most importantly, weigh in. So we have a community forum that's completely private, and it's where you and other members can share your experiences, not only of the material, but of what's going on in your life right now and what you're looking to cultivate. So the group energy that forms around Rebirth is very strong. And we also have transcripts and worksheets. And once you are in Rebirth, you will have lifetime access to all of the materials. So even though we run most of these sessions live as live broadcasts, you don't have to be able to be there live. And if you do miss a live broadcast, you will get the replay on video and in transcript form and audio within two days of the broadcast. We begin on January 17th. So if it resonates with you to join us for Rebirth 2022, the empowerment sessions, I, my guides, and my team would love to welcome you.